Lots of Shakespeare, lots of Golden Globes, White Wolves, and the Fuck Buddy Movie Wars have begun this week on 30 2010. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 302010. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Uh, this is the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years uh, back into the best anniversaries and uh, notable milestones of mostly pop culture with a little bit of news. Um, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, or as they call me, the Scud Spud. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Sarah, the Sereno, the Sarinsky, making coffee. <laughs> oh, the Sarah Meister. Is that happening this week? There's, yes. once again, notable SNL history. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Get ready for January 15th through the 21st, everyone. We're going to tell you what movies came out, what TV shows debuted, what albums arrived in stores. Um, even though I think we officially... What is is I was that a few weeks ago? I to the iTunes store is twenty or ten? Yep. Ten. Twenty. 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 And 20. I checked and I was wrong about the iPod. It will come later this year for two thousand one. The iTunes store happened first? Yep. That's crazy. You Mac heads will buy anything. Only if it's a superior product. I mean, mm. it's the was the music any better? You still I can't, I can't, sorry, I can't even imagine that. Anyway, back to uh, back to 1991, which is where we usually begin. I should say right off the bat, though, this episode is uh, brought to you by Austin Cook and many other fine patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. we got a lot of extra goodies coming your way, so look forward to those. Sorry that some of them have been late. It has been one of the worst times in human history for yeah. me personally, so re- relax. <laughs> Yeah, personally and on a larger scale, I I want to apologize off the bat right now. I did not do half as much homework as I usually do because uh, I was rather distracted in the last week with the armed insurrections in the country and and such. Listening to a lot of Woody Guthrie. (laughs) Your time to consume pop culture. Yeah, stuff's not 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 as fun. I I was trying to distract myself with comfort food, and it was a mm-hmm. little more difficult. Inglorious Bastards, though, that never really gets old for some reason. <laughs> it really does. I, I find that my attention span is much better suited for TV right now. I'm like zooming through all of Barry because I think it's because I'm watching it, and then I'll have a break where I can look at Twitter and see what. <laughs> fresh hells upon us and then i can watch oh nothing's really changed okay well we'll move on to the next barry i i had the compulsion to watch barry the other day are you in the second season yet yeah there's during game of thrones one of game of thrones biggest letdowns the next episode the episode of barry that followed it was the best of the, that entire series mm-hmm. so while everyone was complaining about the the war of the night the war of the winter people there's an episode of barry i can't wait for you to see <laughs> karate kids <laughs> yeah it's really good Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I just watched that one. Oh yeah, that's that is that one of my favorite episodes of television. Yes, it's really good. Yeah. Um, but enough about this modern stuff. Thing that's things that came out less than ten years ago. That's not what we talk about. We talk about things that came out thirty, twenty, and ten years ago. Nineteen ninety one, two thousand one, and twenty eleven. I did it. <gasps> <laughs> I did it. I said it. At, Only three weeks in. I know. I've been practicing. Um, plenty of time now. It's pretty good. And and uh, we're gonna start as we always do in nineteen ninety one. Let's begin with. What is it, January 15th through the 21st? The Gulf War officially is kicked off with the aerial bombing of Iraq. 
And uh, that would go on for quite a while. Tomahawk missiles. I believe hmm. Iraq is launching Scud missiles uh, against Israel, trying to provoke retaliation. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, why are they shooting at Israel? And it's like, because they want to draw Israel into this war because it makes them look good to other guys. Meanwhile, H.W. Bush is freaking out that, like, what if they go attack Saudi Arabia? That would be bad. So we have all these troops in Saudi Arabia, you know, making sure that doesn't happen and getting ready for a ground assault that comes in February. And fast forward to September 2001. That's part of this whole web of shit that causes other shit. U.S. troops in Saudi Arabia is one of the things Al-Qaeda really hates us for. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But right now we're just dealing with Iraq took over Kuwait. We don't like that. We've been arguing and arguing in the U.N. for months and months and months. And now we start with the aerial bombardment, which is weird because we have like journalists on the ground in Baghdad. And they're mm. filming this stuff, and it looks like a fucking video game. It does. It was all this, like, green night vision, like, pew, 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 like, yeah. asteroids, pew, 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 everywhere. And we're like, holy shit, like, mm. thousands must be dying. And it's like, I mean, it wasn't good. But it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't Stalingrad. Yeah, I think when so, you when you look back, nice. like, what were what was being shot at? Like, it just seems like, it seems like every, every, every time you launch one of these, you're wasting five hundred thousand dollars and then and then you don't hit anything or anybody man war is great <laughs> yeah a lot of oh uh, we got a communication tower and right. we think that maybe an army general was there we hope hmm. uh, i don't know someone said they saw an unwrapped hot po- hot pocket so we think someone was there it, <laughs> um, it, 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 it was I, still very hot I, I remember being very scared as a child I think I mentioned that last week Because my only context for war Was Vietnam and World War II movies And despite right. my father and mother Assuring me that's not how this goes down Anymore I, I, I was very scared And it just seems odd to me that like yeah, every war we fought after that was kind of like this. One you watched on TV, and they kind of keep the gruesome details away from you. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't mean to diminish anybody who's served overseas or anything like that. We just, But just a lot less of a loss of life being made apparent to you on a nightly basis. It, if anything, it was a, yeah. this, is the, this, this week, 30 years ago, is the dawn of the immaculately gray-haired comb <laughs> parts with the cargo vest. Like that, we're... Yeah. Well, they. I think they, the media, well, definitely the government learned from Vietnam and that, like, you need to tailor what the media can see. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to see, you know, dead bodies next to screaming soldiers whose legs just got blown off and just show that on the nightly or, news. Like, or even... People won't like that. Didn't they... Didn't they used to show the names of the dead every day at during the mm-hmm. Vietnam War? And, like, they definitely didn't do that. And no. it, it just, I'm not uh, saying, I'm saying that, like, this is what war looked like for the rest of my life. Whereas mm-hmm. for my parents, mm-hmm. it was the first time it looked quite so, I don't know, clinical. But yeah, mm. I, when I was doing the research for TV for this week, I noticed that there was a lot of primetime specials kind of that seemed to be mm. explaining, hey, this is what the Gulf War is about. Like, this right. is what's going on. I feel like there was probably some confusion among the American public, like, wait, who are we going after again? <laughs> like, wait a minute. What is this because about? Because of Kuwait? This... We're going where? Against who? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There seem to be a lot of, like, explainer specials, mm-hmm. basically, on primetime television. And I kind of remember that as a kid. They even had that, like, in schools, kind of explaining the Gulf War mm-hmm. to kids. And here's why we're fighting Saddam, despite a bunch of pictures of us shaking hands with him. 
And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still confusing. It's, it's incredibly confusing, and it's it's even more confusing. I don't know how many wars had fucking collectible baseball cards, but this one sure did. <laughs> uh, Desert Storm cards oh, in every yeah, grocery store. We'll get store. into that, man. The fucking t-shirts, everything's got a flag on it all of a sudden. Yeah, Bart Simpson having you know. a stance on the Gulf War. like yeah. <laughs> Follow bootleg yeah. Bart. It's always a great account. Yeah, and I mean, in in retrospect, I've seen a bunch of things saying, like, this, this was us, like, feeling better about our military after Vietnam. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, we can still kick some ass. We can finally win one. Woo, go us. And like, and it's our first big war with an all-volunteer force instead of having to draft anybody. And that mm. kind of makes a difference. We're really sending our poor people off to fight. And <laughs> there's a lot there. There's yeah. a lot. I get, with some of that, I feel like once we get into the ground war, we start getting into the oil wells getting set on fire and the highway of death and the propaganda. That's, oh, dear God. That's, that's, uh, but with that, on that note, let's head into the movie. Uncle Lynn. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Home Alone, still number one after all these weeks. Um, still number one at the box office. But there are other movies out this week, such as Eva Destruction with Gregory Hines and Renee. How about a, you got a pronunciation there? Souten Dijk. Icelandic? I think, it, I think she's Dutch. Ah. Uh, the a evil lady robot. What? Ooh. Oh, goodness. What a great name. Yeah, I get it All now. Right. Yeah. I get it. So Eve of Destruction is a really good name for an evil lady robot movie. So, Definitely. So does Gregory yeah. Hans dance around it? What's what's going on here? I know. <laughs> no. He made movies where he didn't dance, and it's always disappointing. Yeah. Like, put in a dream sequence or something, you bastards. He's one At of the least. best dancers of all time. Yeah, or dance so hard that they, like the robots are... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, what a lost opportunity. <laughs> Or at least do a duet, like Opposites Attract style. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing is to fly. At <laughs> initiate self-destruct. Uh, that's that's coming from a man, a man of respect who did not see this movie, but look at these manly men in the cast. Peter Boyle, mm. Stanley Tucci, Dennis Farina, Rod Steiger, and John Turturro. Man, I, I, yeah. you can smell the male hair care product in the room. Uh, oh, yeah. Men of respect. We- we got us a mob movie that's an adaptation of Macbeth. Wow. Truly. Well, that's such a good idea. For real. Holy shit. I mean. Yeah. And what's weird, I think we have another Macbeth adaptation next week. We Just, do, anyway. which is super weird. Really weird. Uh, this one, like, the reviews are okay. And, I mean, that cast, though, is so, mm, Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. sure there's, like, 80,000 Sopranos guys in the background of it. It's just like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the mob is is a hierarchy, just like a, you know a monarchy is. And sure, yeah, make a make a Macbeth out of it. What? I got I'm no in. complaints. I'm it's uh, I watched a little bit of it because obviously Tucci gang and um, Tucci's loose. Yeah, and it was kind of boring. Unfortunately, right. didn't really pull you in the way you wanted to. I didn't finish it, but very good idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where do you remember where you saw it? Uh, no. <laughs> it wasn't free. I rented it. Okay, and um, and then Jesus, did they do this on purpose? A Hamlet movie that comes out the same week, starring uh, Ian Holm, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Bates, Glenn Close, and Mel Gibson. I guess as old Hamilton himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, this looks seems like a bad idea. You know, it does seem like a bad idea, but let me tell you why it's not a bad idea. Uh, it's directed by Franco Zeffirelli, who did the 60s Romeo and Juliet. That was the one that they made us all watch in school, presumably until the best. And Baz Luhrmann would say, there's boobs and there's butts, and we all giggled. Um, <laughs> well, oh, what's extra weird footnote on that is 
that actress, she was like 16 or something at the time, and she was legally not allowed to go see it because it had nudity in it. Her that own. was her own nudity. Her yeah. Own yeah. <laughs> wow. Olivia but anyway, no, so this is a Hamlet. I'm not sure why it stars Mel Gibson, and that's why a lot of a lot of critics were also like the lethal weapon guy. But <laughs> he's he's okay. And everyone around him is acting their pants off. Uh Glenn Close <laughs> is killing it. Helena Bottom Carter, role she was born to play. Uh, Ian Holm, always awesome. And it's, they abridge the shit out of it. So it's totally the Cliff Notes Hamlet. It runs two hours. The Kenneth Branagh one is literally twice as long. Yeah. Yeah. That's the full text. And terrible. So this, I love it. <laughs> I can't. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's again. just long. Never you just again. hate it because it's long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one comes in just barely over two hours. It's bare bone basics. It, they strip out pretty much everything except just the raw plot. They still have the Shakespearean dialogue. Everyone does like an okay job. So is it the best version of Hamlet? No, it's like the fourth or fifth best version of Hamlet. <laughs> but it's a really good beginner's Hamlet. Okay. And Mel Gibson is fine. Okay. Mel Gibson doesn't ruin it. Not not no. unlike how he might ruin a movie by starring in it today. Uh, I'll, I'll be he, like, no thanks. Yes. No, I, it's it's kind of surprising to me. Like, oh, here he is being like serious and with this harder dialogue, and he's fine. He's not awful. He's mm-hmm. not great. He's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, he tends to do that. And I don't think he gets tortured. So, um, he doesn't get tortured. Does he say anything about the Jews? <laughs> well, he said something is rotten in the state of Denmark. I saw and maybe it. he's like winking. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, they start they start all the wars and also poisoned his dad. Yeah, now blow me and, in a hot tub. Married his Claudius mom. Or, <laughs> <laughs> um, um also out this week is a movie I always found very confusing. Ooh, I want to rent Flight of the Ooh, not the Intruder. Um the one with Tom Sizemore, Rosanna Arquette, Brad Johnson, Willem Dafoe, Danny Glover. Flight of the Intruder. From the producer of The Hunt for Red October comes an adventure of courage. That's a piece of cake. And conscience. Good men die and all we care about is following the rules, huh? Honor. You do not have the right to make up your own orders. And in friendship, we never broke the faith in they go. Danny Glover, Willem Dafoe, Brad Johnson, Flight of the Intruder. Ready, PG-13. Oh, I remember this looks so boring on the video shelves, and now I have to talk mm-hmm. about it. Oh, why do we do this to ourselves? It's weird that this movie failed at the box office, mm-hmm. um, because it is kind of right at the exact moment it needs to be. Because like we said, the Gulf War is just starting, and right. this is about, you know, aerial, you know, aerial bombings and, and fighter pilots and shit during Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd think people would totally go for that. But I guess I thought, well, Vietnam will be a bummer. But they didn't notice it's directed by John, John Milius, who yeah. fucking loves the military and fucking loved Vietnam. And he loves everything with guns and yes. shooting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And this ended up being his last movie that he directed, which is, you know, a bummer. Because, come on, everyone loves Red Dawn. Yeah. Come on. I love that. And Conan and Apocalypse Now. Check in on him. How's he doing? How's John Milius doing? I love that documentary about him. If you can find it, track it down, you will learn about his gun-loving ways and what studios will no longer allow him uh, in the in the gates because he's pointed <laughs> guns at producers before um, in meetings. Exci- usually yeah. excitedly, um, not menacingly. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a very interesting guy. He's one of those guys like he's always somewhere popping up, interesting, and you're like, what? the hell are you doing here a bunch of oh, around all these hollywood pussies <laughs> uh yeah john goodman and big lebowski is supposed to be a little bit based on him <laughs> yeah and he's he's one of the the three i believe 
what is it, Spielberg, George Lucas, and Milius, they all own 5% of each of their movies that they made as a friendly arrangement. And then Milius made yeah. movies like Flight of the Intruder. So they just like, oh, thanks, John. Thanks for the 5% of <laughs> your surfing film. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, big Wednesdays, all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this is uh, about during Vietnam. And oh, those damn rules of engagement are telling you you can't bomb Saigon because it's full of civilians. No. Those fucking pussies. Why won't Nixon let us nuke them? Wow. And camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, is Nixon in this film? No. It's not, but you know, it's, there's a reason they said from the producers of Hunt for Red October. It's like they wanted to make kind of a Hunt for Red October, but with planes in Vietnam. Right. And uh, no, because that no. It, I knew I remember this from somewhere. It was in the uh, E True Hollywood story about Married with Children. This is the movie that Ed O'Neill was cut out of because the audience laughed when Al Bundy showed up. <laughs> and oh. The, oh my God! It's like Bob Odenkirk and Little Women. <laughs> <laughs> which my mom and i went from sobbing in little women and then when you walked on the screen i just went it's better call saw and we could not stop laughing <laughs> i can i am mean, at the at the era i could see it especially with how rowdy audiences were trained to be around al bundy ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> bam uh, or al bundy Aww. Yeah, I knew I remember it from something. <laughs> a bomb, but like one of those. Yeah. I, I'm at the age where I'm obsessed with movie stores, so I looked at this. I looked in the face of this cassette for years and years and years. I guess that brings us to our final movie of the week, which we usually put either because it's number one or the likelihood that you've seen it is higher. And and I would not have put it here until I started like looking online and seeing how many people really love this movie. Well, okay. this did not do well at the time, but um, no, being Video, being based baby. being based on the uh, book by the one of our dadliest authors in the world, Jack London, <laughs> uh, an author my dad is absolutely obsessed with or was mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. I was in the theaters day one for Klaus Maria Bron Brondauer and Ethan Hawke in White Fang. Walt Disney Pictures on the Alaskan frontier, where nature is man's greatest challenge. A boy rescues a baby wolf. What chance would a wolf cub have of surviving on his own out here? None. And as they grow, they form an extraordinary friendship. You're gonna be okay. Walt Disney Pictures presents a classic adventure. Jack London's White Fang. Rated PG. I, I watched this movie, I remember being bored out of my mind, but this is a super old thing for me. I also read the book... And was bored out of my mind. It's something I don't do anymore, like finish an entire book that I'm bored. I am bored with. But my dad loved Jack London. There's Jack London stuff all over our house. I had infinite yeah. access, and because it's it, this is a Disney film, uh, mm -hmm. this would run on the Disney Channel for years. It'd be in all their video catalogs. Disney can kind of make a hit out of anything. Pretty um, sure I saw this in school. It really. Mm. I, I feel like this is the kind of thing they would show when they bring in. They rumble in the big yeah. TV VCR. If yeah. not in school, maybe in like gifted class or something. I know. But... I know. You're, well, it's. I think it's that there's no objectionable content of any kind in this movie at all. Yeah, and right. it's based on a book that a lot of elementary and middle schoolers read or yeah. have to read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And to tie this all together, the director Randall Kleiser, Flight of the Navigator, did Flight of the Navigator <laughs> in yeah. Greece. 
Uh, and, and Grease and, and the Blue Greece. Lagoon. And Gre- yeah, yes. he's a diverse catalog. And Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Um, if you ever want to yeah. ride. White Fang. But My this, favorite. This, is, this, was, uh, this was a really big deal. This was advertised all over Nickelodeon. And I feel like I was the only kid in school to go see it. But uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it. A straightforward adaptation yeah. of Jack London's White Fang. Enjoy. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It is pretty to look at. I mean, I watched yes. a bunch of clips and stuff. And I mean, it really gets sort of the... The, the vastness of the landscape nicely and how it's it's going to fucking kill you unless you stick together. But then I also found out the wolf dog. Hell yeah. It plays White Jed. Fang. Don't fucking trust him, though, because he was in The Thing. He's the wolf from The Thing. <laughs> yeah. It's Jed the wolf. fucking trust him. Mm-hmm. Talk about range. <laughs> Jed the wolf, baby. Hats off to you. Uh, and yeah, this I, is, I feel like this is like almost a light recommend. Just like, oh, it's a good kids movie that I feel like wasn't, it's not stupid. And yeah. like grownups can watch it too. And it has the big outdoors and I miss the big outdoors. Uh, give me journey of Natty Gan any day over. Ooh, <laughs> no, <that's true. laughs> I think no. this is made by the same people and starring the same wolf as Natty Gan. Yep. <laughs> and, but it's, so. it's all on Disney plus your kids will hate you. Throw it on very slow, non-colorful films that are not animated. Kids love that shit. Uh, yeah, moving to television, we have Golden the Golden Globes this week. They don't care about your war. <laughs> Hollywood Foreign Press mm-hmm. must state their favorites. Hosted by Dana Delaney and Steve Gutenberg. What an odd pairing. Oh, my. Interesting. Uh, best motion picture, according to the Golden Globes, Dances with Wolves, Beating yeah. Out Goodfellas, and Godfather 3, <laughs> as well as Avalon. Have we talked about Avalon yet? Yeah. Okay. Barely, because it's hard to find. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'm annoyed that musical comedy they did the thing where it's a movie that comes out next week. Green card, so they're, okay. they're holding they're holding back on it. Then it wins an award. Then they can push out the big ad campaign about now. You've heard it's really good. Go watch the fucking movie. Golden. But beating Ghost and Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Green card. Yeah, I have not thought about card. that movie, uh, yeah. but I guess that's why they call it the Hollywood Foreign Press. It must go out to the Gerard Depardieu. Um, <laughs> Best actor, wow, Jeremy Irons in Reversal of Fortune as Klaus von yeah. Bülow. <laughs> and, he uh, takes the Oscar, too. Same with Kathy wow. Bates for Misery. Wow, really? Yep. Uh, Kathy mm-hmm. Bates in Misery, again, that's a, I mean, that's where I would have gone. Actor in a musical or comedy, Gerard Yabadou, I told you, it is rigged. Um, and, uh, <laughs> actress for a comedy, if you've been paying attention to your 302010 homework, that's going to go to Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Was Ghost a musical or a comedy? I don't get that. No. Yeah. No, I hate not. that. I hate that. Yeah. I know. I, I, yeah. I yearn for an Oscar category for comedies because they very rarely ever reward them, but yeah. uh, I don't want them to extend it, and I don't want to know what they think a comedy is because years ago it was The Martian. Like that was yeah. that was the movie yeah. where all the funny people weren't funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. A supporting performance in a motion picture. Bruce Davidson, longtime champion, and Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost again foreshadowing yeah. her Oscar too. Yeah, I mean, mostly lined up with the Oscars except. Uh, yeah, Bruce Davidson, a longtime companion, which we talked about, is one of the first movies to really deal with AIDS, beating Joe Pesci for Goodfellas, and he, he ends up with right. the Oscar. But And, I'm, and I'm, Hector I'm... Elizondo for Pretty Woman, what are you doing there? <laughs> That's so weird. And Al Pacino from Dick Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. I like imagining the alternate universe where Al Pacino won for Dick Tracy. <laughs> oh, it's such an honor. <laughs> kind of interesting though twin peaks won best drama that's yeah. crazy um I, and kyle I mclaughlin won 
That's awesome. I never get over the whole world being in love with Twin Peaks. It like it gives me faith in humanity. Now mm-hmm. let's go watch a singer with a mask. Um, <laughs> Which does also sound Twin Peaks. It does. It th- <laughs> that it does. Musical or comedy? I, cheers, cheers. Yeah. Uh, supporting actress Piper Laurie, Twin Peaks. Damn, dude. I'm, yeah. I, again, nice. I'm still shocked. Twin Peaks had yeah four nominations. So that most nominations of like other than L.A. Law. Yeah. And everything else. Anyway, we can move on to what was uh, airing the next evening. The two notable SNL debuts, and I'm glad mm-hmm. these are as important to Sarah as they are to me. Extremely. Um, this next one is, was very uh, pivotal in my development, child development. I, I don't know what happened. Either. I was I fell in love with SNL during a sleepover, and this is what I fell in love with. Yes. It was this. Th- these were, were what I thought was the funniest. And now, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. To me, clowns aren't funny. In fact, they're kind of scary. I wondered where this started, and I think it goes back to the time I went to the circus and a clown killed my dad. So weird. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite one, too. It's, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that one, but like the Deep Thought things, like... As for a little kid, like just instantly connected with me. I, wonder... I remember there was like a, they had a line of greeting cards that were deep thoughts. <laughs> and I remember just standing in the greeting card aisle at Farmore when I was shopping with my parents and just dying of laughter. And then I think I even convinced my mom to like buy me a deep thoughts book because yeah, I, I, I owned all the deep thoughts books. And I, can't, I can't explain it. It makes me feel so old. Like a, a, I once saw a lady, fat lady fall down and I laughed and I thought, what if I was an aunt and she fell on me? Then it wouldn't be quite so funny. Like, why is why did that send me into like fits of laughter for weeks uh, in 1991? Yeah. It did. Yeah. It did. It's just. Yeah. I mean, it's bitch Hedberg. It's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. It's a certain kind of comedy that just hits right in the right place. Hey, well, it takes a big man to cry, but it takes a bigger man to laugh yeah. at that man. <laughs> but yeah, Jack Handy, a real guy, real comedy writer, and I don't know that he did anything more famous than this. To be, oh, I did not know that Jack He's Handy just a was writer. a real person yeah. until <laughs> I believe it's, it was until I read the that oral history of SNL book yeah. that's like this thick. Like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my God, it's a real person. He, yeah, he created Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer and Toons is the Driving Cat. Other things, I can't tell you why they're funny, but I loved as a kid. But a, but a famous comedy writer, I, Jack Handy, growing up with the Beavis and Butthead era, I thought that was a joke name too. So I, did, I didn't think that was a real person uh, either. But you could tell he wasn't an actual SNL cast member. Unlike uh, Rob Schneider, who premieres his most famous, yet most annoying character. I'd argue with you guys that I think Rob Schneider was great on SNL. I don't care much for this character, but guys, uh, yes, him pretending. I to be, just know uh, it's so, so many of his characters are just like Adam Sandler's characters, which yes. is just like I am annoying, and I'm going to repeat being annoying. Yes, yeah. There's a bit of that. Tom, Tommy. <laughs> hey, Richard, I'm just making some copies. The Tomster, Tom man, Tom Tom. How you doing, Richard? The Tomster making copies, Mr. Tom. Tommy! Yeah, see ya. Tom! And that's that's the first response to the Richmeister. <laughs> not, not landing initially, but it's, it is something that builds, and Rob Schneider 
is just a funny looking dude that, during this era. It looks he looks like a he looks like a he looks like a preemie Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Dwayne no. Rock Johnson. <laughs> he has very fluffy hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was straight up. Yes, was like a white guy flat top he had going on. He was yeah. a silly looking man. That's why he rules in Home Alone. But the Rich Meister, Rob Schneider's perhaps most famous SNL character, debuts this week. Also, another TV movie coming out this week Line of Fire, the Morris D story. Who? Morris D is a famous civil I, rights attorney. Oh, I thought you were going to trick me into saying D is nuts. That's. You could, you could, you could, <laughs> You could do that. <laughs> I'm too classy for that. Thank you very much. We have so many podcasts <laughs> proving the other the contrary, but Morris D's, no. who, who he bees. She's way too classy Jeez. for that because she attended BOFA. What? what? BOFA D's nuts! Oh, God damn it! God damn it! I stepped right into those nuts. I, <laughs> I don't want to know anything else about this. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I just thought it was notable because little baby Jenny Lewis is in it. Uh, fresh oh, off of the Wizard. Kylie. Mm-hmm. I, I I forced my girlfriend to watch the Wizard because she I described it to her and she's like, "There's no way the movie you just described exists." And I pulled out the <laughs> Blu-ray. Speaking of video games, via the Wizard, there's not a lot of concrete dates. I usually drill down harder than that on the Patreon show where we talk about them with the video game apocalypse boys. And this week was just like super scant. So I just wanted to say, hey, we will have games. So eventually, to talk about in this segment, look forward to. This year, which includes Metroid 2, Zelda 2, Mario, and Castlevania 4, the fourth Mario world, as you might know it. And that means the Super Nintendo is upon us, and that also means that Sonic the Hedgehog is upon us. There are now entire books and documentaries being made about this period, because this is when Nintendo lost its foothold to the edgier Sega Genesis. That all is going to start happening this year. Moving to music of 1991, January 15th to the 21st, we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, Laverne Baker of the Birds, John Lee Hooker. Uh, the impressions, Wilson Pickett, Wicked, Wicked Pickett, <laughs> Jimmy Reed, and Ike and Tina Turner. Yes, everyone yeah. here is still alive. They let Ike in with Tina, not just Tina. They went with Ike and Tina. Oh, okay. A it's... controversial decision. No kidding. E- even back then, yeah. was it? I I can't remember because like on it's pretty well known on SNL she... on SNL at the time was Tim Meadows. Ike Turner character who would beat up Kevin Nealon if he talked back to him. So well, I, have to well, was... I mean, really, that starts after the, the movie, movie comes out, which yeah. is 93. So, oh, okay. yeah. But no, she'd already written a book. She'd already given interviews. Yeah. Told everyone that, yeah, he used to beat the shit out of her. New releases uh, for music this week. Quick is the name by DJ Quick. A Little Ain't Enough by David Lee Roth. Step in the Arena by Gang Star. Man, <laughs> that sounded way wider than I intended it to be. And second one by Ton Rugren. Love Will Never Do Without You by Janet Jackson is number one. Um, Mm -hmm. Love Will Never Do Without You. That's... Change that title. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you remember this video too. This is like I? people were like, "Oh, Janet, little Janet Jackson's getting all sexy." Oh, oh really? Oh. Okay, uh, I will watch this during. I uh, watch this video in the break with us, but stay right there because we have a lot of important stuff to talk about in 2001. <laughs>
Coming in with Madonna's Don't Tell Me. It's on the charts this week. Uh, is this the Ray of Light album? I can't remember. No, no it's off music. Oh, music. That's right. Um, and this song is great. Yes. Yeah. Don't Tell I mean, Me. Album is awesome, but yeah, yeah. yeah this song is uh, and the music video is really good too. Yeah, also with a woman dancing with dudes in the desert, just like the Janet Jackson one. <laughs> well, wow, ten years earlier. Wow, independent woman by Destiny Child, part one, still, still number one. Sorry, miss <laughs> misstated all of that, but yeah, it's been it's been about seven months. Uh, new releases for music in January 15th through the 21st of 2001 include Alcohol Fueled Brutality by Black Label Society, self-titled album by Azare, and uh, Brushfire Fairy Tales by Jack Johnson. Okay, so yeah, the Azare and Brushfire Fairy Tales were two big albums for me in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, huge. Like, because Azure is like came from the same class as like Bright Eyes and The Faint and Curses. Oh, okay. The Saddle Creek Records people from Athens. And I love Azure, uh, very like ethereal, like sad girl music. Is, and then. Is she related to Jimmy Ray? Uh, are you Jimmy Ray? Who wants to know? Who wants <laughs> My first single and only single I ever bought. <laughs> Um, oh. And then, I mean, Brushfire Fairy Tales. I mean, I grew up in a coastal town in North Florida, mm-hmm. so of course we were bumping bubble toes every single day after school. <laughs> wow, it's a little bit of news from 20 years ago. I would say the most significant publication of the 21st century. The show probably wouldn't exist without it. No, uh, the show would no a thousand percent not exist. Research yeah. would be so, so much harder. We wouldn't know where to start right. if and we didn't have this website. Wikipedia launches 20 years ago. And January 15th. Now it has 1.7 billion unique users monthly. Wow. And it's still... They're coming up, they're coming up on a billion edits, too. And it's still oh, 100% free, occasionally annoying with donations, but for a reason. It is, it's just an incredible resource. It is, I love, it's the, the, the story of us told by all of us, and, or a couple of very weird people with agendas. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, and there's so many, like, you'd think that because it's the internet, it would, uh, an encyclopedia that anyone can edit mm-hmm. is immediately going to be about how Hitler did nothing wrong. Right. And uh, goatsy pictures and it just fucking chaos. And there are people who take it so seriously as like their part time job mm-hmm. to keep this fucker accurate and clean for the rest of us. Yeah. And God bless those obsessive compulsive souls. Yeah, they're like the librarians of Alexandria. <laughs> the internet. Yeah, smelly griots. Um, digital griots. So useful. And yeah, I kick them a couple bucks every year. I should I should do that more. Damn it. We would not be able to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how I find most of the music. That's how I double check all kinds of stuff about the movies, cross-reference things on, on the awards and yeah. uh, the, the news. Yeah, yeah. It, we fucking need Wikipedia to run this show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good for anything involving release dates. I can't believe how surprisingly consistent they are correct on things that the rest of the internet is completely incorrect about. 
Um, yeah. Somebody there cares, and it's our, our our research starts with wikis. But you know, you should always inspiring podcasters. That should be where you start. Follow one citation, yes. you'll be a better podcaster than ninety percent of people in the universe. Exactly. And uh, but movies of two thousand one, Save the Last Dance is still number one. Good on you, MTV. But uh, yeah. we have a new <laughs> new movie, Panic, with William H Macy, John Ritter, Nev Campbell, Donald Sutherland, Tracy Ullman. Fun cast. What the hell is this? Um. I am so pissed at Tubi right now because this was supposed to be on Tubi and I could not get it to come up. And this makes me very angry because it sounds like it's analyzed this, but way better. (laughs) Because William H. Macy is a hitman and John Ritter is his therapist. Oh. And it kind of spins off from there. And that like, I think the mob boss finds out he's talking to a therapist and so orders a hit on the therapist. But William H. Macy now has like a crush on one of the other therapist patients who's Nev Campbell and wackiness ensues. And it got really good reviews coming out of film festivals. And I don't know if it had distribution problems or what, but yeah, panic just basically disappeared. And I had real trouble finding it. It was supposed to be on Tubi. I couldn't get it to work for me. And I am super duper pissed because now I'm going to search harder. I'm going to back pocket it. And when Bob Odenkirk in Nobody comes out, I'm doing that as a double feature. (laughs) All right. Because... Uh... I'm sold when you said William H. Macy is a hitman. Yeah. That's, sure. That seems complicated. Critical Darling as well, The Pledge. Uh, I, I own it. Uh, it's a Oof. tough one, though. Uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn's second movie as a director? Or yeah. third? I can't remember. Did he do Crossing Guard with Jack Nicholson, too? Jack Nicholson, yeah. per- Patricia Clarkson, Robin Wright Penn. Ooh, nepotism. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, this. I remember this movie got rave reviews, and I found it just too depressing to ever watch again. <laughs> it is so hard. I was a freelancing as a film critic at a time, and I got this movie, and I walked out, and I was like, I need hugs. <laughs> I need a back rub, because it's so tense the whole fucking movie Mm -hmm. because jack nicholson is this cop and there is like a serial child murderer around and he's trying to find him trying to find him and eventually he kind of goes rogue retires hooks up with robin wright penn and like sets her daughter up as bait for this guy it is so fucking tense (laughs) but i mean it's gorgeous to look at and everyone's really good in it but it's the kind of movie where you're just like and i never want to watch this again truly and the ending, I was like, why? Why is this the ending? And I was not happy at the end of that one. Yeah, it's it's a hard watch. I think even at the time I described it as like dangling your feet over a shark tank for two hours. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's, but it's like I can't, well, it's not that it's bad. No, it's good that uh-huh. it affects you so strongly. But boy, is it hard to watch. Yeah. So I can't recommend the pledge, but um, I can praise it. Well done. I, I, I yeah, feel the same well way. Done. I feel the same way about the next movie, the uh, weirdest Sam Raimi movie. Most people, I don't think, even know exists. But it's just a, a, yet another critical darling. I felt uh, very. Di- I didn't hate it. It's just like, well, I'll never ever engage with this movie again. The gift. Yeah. Uh, this cast yeah, is one of the best casts I've ever seen. Yeah. Michael Jeter, <clears throat> Gary Cole, J.K. Simmons. Uh, Kim Dickens, Rosemary Harris, Hilary Swank, Giovanni Ribisi, Greg Kinnear, Katie Holmes, and Keanu Reeves, and Kate Blanchett in The Gift. You learn to leave folks alone. Can you see what I'm thinking? Can you, can you see that in the guard? There's something bad wrong with me. If I go with that. The real danger begins if someone starts worrying that you're going to have another one of your dreams. 
nominee Kate Blanchett, Giovanni Ribisi, Keanu Reeves, Katie Holmes, with Academy Award nominee Greg Kinnear, and Academy Award winner Hilary Swank. I got a warning today. I think somebody's going to try and kill me. Messing with the devil's going to get you burned. The gift. Uh, the gift. From yeah. technically last year? Yeah, it's technically a 2000. We've got a bunch of 2000 holdovers still. True. Uh, Into 2001. How much but... faith the studio had in it. They're releasing it in early January. Mm, early January. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they had faith in it. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they knew what they were getting into with San Raimi, just mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> because I feel right. like, was it his previous movie was um, uh, A Simple Plan? Which right. is very stripped down and was a critical darling. And is a fucking great movie and you all should watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's not very Sam Raimi. And then like this one is because there's like crazy shit happening all the time where what Kate Blanchett is a psychic mm-hmm. in a small town. And then Katie Holmes gets murdered and she has to try to help solve it. And there's all kinds of goings on with different town folk and such <laughs> who maybe don't want her to succeed or are pointing her in another direction. And yeah, it's tough. Like I, it's another one. I'm felt like a dick. I didn't get to this week because I do love Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. but like the reviews were like everyone's really good in it, but the story could be better. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. the story. Okay. I I watched it when it came out, and I rewatched it uh, this weekend with Sam, and we really enjoyed it as like a popcorn movie. I mean, like sitting on the couch. It's it's a thriller. It's got a supernatural element, and again, the acting's really great. But it, it's very predictable, which does not take away from me. That doesn't always necessarily take away from the enjoyability of a thing um i still really like the way they did everything and it all came together but yeah it's pretty predictable but i thought it was great i thought it was really good and it was a fun thriller supernatural thriller kind of like what lies beneath mm-hmm. really yeah. same thing totally mm. i find it very curious though when a major actress does a nude scene and i always think this is the Gonna do this <laughs> Holmes gets naked in this movie and just to the top and but still it's like wow this is the movie you're gonna do that for okay all right that's cool do you think Keanu's looking <laughs> <laughs> but it's also written by Billy Bob Thornton oh, oh. yeah the gift, everyone. I, that is not the no- most notable movie this week, according to you guys. <laughs> and a movie I did not watch. And it was just so fucking everywhere and annoying in 2001. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in the Miramax heyday. Yeah. Where they know, they got this stuff down to a science. They know exactly what they need to do to make a movie that's going to pull a bunch of award nominations and make its money back. Mm-hmm. You know, something and- mid-level with some very respectable actors. Probably takes place somewhere foreign or maybe a little while ago. <laughs> And there's some basic accents, lots of accents. accents. There's kind of like a basic, simple theme. And the message is probably like, live for the moment or be yourself or love is important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, this one like tick, 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 all those boxes. And yet it's also charming as fuck. Should be like the last box on there. Yeah. Even though you know how calculated this is, it's still charming as fuck. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've spent this whole time trying to pronounce the name of it. Victoire Tios. Oh, that's not a Y. Thivisol? Thivisol? Peter Stormare, I got him. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, Johnny Depp, uh, Lena Olin, Alfred Molina, Judy Dench, and Juliet Badouche, and uh, Chocolat. 
opening a chocolaterie just in time for Lent? Oh, yes, it does seem inappropriate. Chili pepper and hot chocolate. It'll give you a lift. Tastes like something I had when I was a girl. For your husband. Coco Nibs from Guatemala to awaken the passions. You've obviously never met my husband. You've obviously never tried these. I love this movie. This is one of my annual watches around springtime. I usually watch this along with Jesus Christ Superstar. These are my two Easter movies. <laughs> <laughs> a big part of this is about uh, Juliette Binoche is a chocolatier who moves to this small French village and sets up a chocolate shop right when Lent starts, which is a big deal. And if you're Catholic, it's that's a time of deprivation and fasting and, you know, giving up earthly pleasures in order to concentrate on um, God. death and stuff. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> dying you know um and so it's very scandalous that she sets up this tempting tempting chocolate shop that the chocolate may have mystical qualities that make people you know feel more passionately um and the priest in town is so mad at her for doing that and <laughs> gets his come up and it's just a fucking delight i it's, love it it is very like it's a really good date movie and you do just want to sit around sit, drinking hot chocolate while you watch it and cuddle and just like, ah, i like stuff and yeah directed by lousy <laughs> hellstrom who's on like a major role right there like he had cider house rules last year mm-hmm. and uh what's eating gilbert great before that once around we'll talk about for 1991 in a couple weeks i think a really underrated movie and he's a guy who just has like a really light touch of doing things that are just sort of a little quirky little charming but not like annoyingly so and this is just it's just so goddamn charming and like just as you're being like okay i got it right oh cute little french towns this is great i bet my mom would love this and then johnny depp shows up as this like irish pirate (laughs) and he's just like so adorable too and it's like why is everyone so cute yeah so appealing everyone's very appealing in this and i can't wait to watch it and eat a whole bunch of chocolate Mm. yeah it is just and i could see people being like because it ends up playing a best picture nomination which is bullshit but you know (laughs) it's not that it's a bad movie it's just no it's just out of its weight class man and so that pissed a lot of people off of just like harvey weinstein is out here buying awards nominations for his movies so they'll make more money and they do he had it figured out he also did other things that were bad so you want to lump that in as a bad thing that's fine don't blame this movie because it's cute Still enjoy the movie. Well, I, mm. I I agree. Next time I I am ever on a date, um, man, he says that with no assurances or promises. <laughs> oh, two thousand one TV is um is, is is sparse, but it's still fun. Bob the Builder debuts in the U.S., which I, I only just discovered as an English show. Like, okay, that explains why Greg Greg Proops is the voice, the only American voice actor you know. In huh. England, and the theme song. I have no idea why I remember it. I was definitely too old to watch the show. But can he build it? Yes, he can. I remember the theme song very well. I don't know why. SNL on the twentieth. Host your host Mina Savari with musical guest Lenny Kravitz. Uh, Mina Savari. I forgot this happened. The, the hilarious she's Mina Savari. Promoting. She's promoting. Well, she's parodying in her monologue American Beauty. So if you ever wanted to see rose petals fly out of Will Ferrell's cheerleader chest and Molly Shannon and Tracy Morgan rolling in them, this would be the time. The key joke in the monologue, it rises, is basically Lauren is gay. That's It was 20 years ago, people. 
How many years ago? But you do get to see Tracy Morgan topless for your troubles. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't remember much else from this episode. And the monologues is available online. I checked. Uh, Golden Globes this week. Golden Globes. We got uh, who's the host this week? There is no host. Best film drama Gladiator. Beating <laughs> out Wonder Boys in traffic. Boo. Yeah. Um, Boo. An Aaron Brockovich event. To a much lesser extent, Aaron Brockovich. Yes. The only thing memorable about this show was. Liz Taylor announcing Gladiator, she was a little wacky and confused, shall we say? Uh, The YouTube clip of it is labeled as Liz Taylor drunk. I don't know if that's fair, but she's confused and she says Gladiator in a really cute way. And the winner is, and it's flashing envelope. <laughs> Musical and comedy, almost famous. Even though, like, is, is O Brother out for us? When do we get to watch O Brother? Week or two. Okay. Or, I think I want to say two weeks. Yeah, okay. it's technically it's out, but we're going with wide release dates because otherwise we'd be too clogged up at Christmas and then have nothing to talk about all of January. Right, and I'm whatever. I could really use that movie right now. <laughs> uh, I have just rewatched it. I'm so happy I did. This is a great run of musical comedies, though, yeah. right here. Almost mm-hmm. famous beating Best in Show, Chicken Run, Chocolat, No Brother. Yeah. yeah. Hard recommends on all of those. those all... That's a great night. That's a great weekend. Oh man! Actor for drama, Tom Hanks in Castaway. I, I. How do you not give him? He did the most work. <laughs> he, he certainly did the most work for in Castaway. So yeah, I don't see how you give it to Michael Douglas and Wonder Boys because like, oh, it looks cold up there in New York. Uh, Tom Tom Hanks lost a hundred pounds. Aaron Brockovich wins uh, for actress. Uh, sorry, Julia Roberts. She is not who she plays. Beating out Bjork and Dance in the Dark. God, that what a depressing, <laughs> what a depressing year for the ladies. The con- oh Joan God. Allen and the Contender. Bjork and Dance in the Dark. Ellen Bernstein and Requiem for a Dream. And Lauren Linney. You can count on me. These are those oh. are all heartbreaking films and performances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a rough, rough slate. What what is going on? All all this happy boy stuff on the left, and on the right, all this cry girl crap. <laughs> wow, actor in musical or comedy? Ah, uh, George Clooney and Old Brother. Where art thou? He's a dapper Dan man. And Nurse Betty's Renee Zellweger for Nurse Betty. That seems incredible. Mm. That seems it seems insane. I'm sorry, but I don't yeah. know who else I'd give it to, given who the nominees are. And then what if we bounce on down to television? It, look, you'll be very happy. At least Sarah will be. Uh, West Wing winning Best Drama and Sex and the City winning Best Musical or Comedy. That's uh, yeah. whatever. They're all these are all strong shows this year. Sopranos, The Practice, ER, uh, and to a much lesser extent, CSI. <laughs> but. <laughs> Ali McBeal, Frazier, Malcolm in the Middle, Will and Grace. I, I don't know what happened. We ended up, I think, through Hulu's holiday collection, we ended up on a Malcolm in the Middle kick. And that show, that show's fun. Holds up, man. Best actor in a television show, Martin Sheen from The West Wing and Celia Ward and Once and Again. What is a Once and Again? Primetime soap. Musical or comedy uh, actor, Kelsey Grammer for Frazier and Sarah Jessica Parker for Sex in the City. Is, did I see something about a Sex in the City revival happening? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Without Samantha. Oh, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't patch it up. Come on, no. you're leaving money on the. T- I know, right? Mm. I don't think you can come back from Lawrence of Mylabia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst thing anyone's ever said on the film. Oh, just truly so bad. Yeah, I wonder if they knew that. Like, you just made a groaner so bad. This is going to make it in the first paragraph of every review for this film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
it's the only thing anyone can talk about. <laughs> Video games of 2001. There's not any, except for one, Mario Tennis on the Game Boy, which is utterly fantastic and one of the greatest things I've ever played in my life. I won it on a Wendy's Cup. I've never That's never happened to me before or since. <laughs> I didn't remember playing, but six months after I sent in a game piece to Wendy's, I got sent an envelope with a new video game, and it was Mario Tennis. It is actually an RPG where you walk around and talk to people and level up your skills, and it makes tennis fun. It makes learning about tennis fun. This game is great. Wow. <laughs> uh, met, not expecting that. And uh, yeah, it completely got me into the Mario tennis and golf world, two sports that I usually hate as well as the people who play them. And and now, now I'm in love. <laughs> I play every one of these things, especially Mario Golf, embarrassed to say. But that is, that is the only thing out this week. So let's close out of 2001 a little stronger with Stronger by Britney Spears. So I'm assuming it's stronger because most of the pictures I see of her are in a gym these days. So um, <laughs> let's close out with Stronger and we'll be back with uh, 2011. 20, 2011. 2011. I, can, I almost said it correctly. 's at sea it's time for Diana's classic corner we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of January 15th through 21st two movies about outsiders on journeys I can kind of make these thematically tied together sort of kind of well, let me just get to it 50 years ago this week in 1971 saw the release of the classic cult movie vanishing point one of the great 70s car road movies uh, about someone who's driving and re- things happen along the way and they meet up with stuff and they're trying to run from society but like you can't run from society man even if you got a souped up 1970 Dodge Challenger RT which I mean you know Tarantino loves this fucking movie because he's referenced it several times especially in uh, Death Proof that's, that's the, it's a vanishing point car yeah it's pretty fun I, I do love there is something sweet and naive but also cynical about 70s outsider road movies like this or two lane black top stuff like that but Vanishing Point, it's odd, but it's very of its time. Pretty cool. And then 10 years before that, 60 years ago this week in 1961, saw the release of Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo. One of the most remade movies of all time. Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Last Man Standing. Did that too. Fistful of Dollars is fucking great. Uh, Last Man Standing. And then there's like a couple other ones I can't think of. But anyway, point is... Toshiro Mifune, always a badass, is, you know, killer for hire, wanders into this town where these two gangs are fighting, and he just slowly destroys them both by playing them off of each other in increasingly clever, sneaky ways. It's like one big old chess match full of threats and screaming in Japanese. And yeah, one of Kurosawa's, even even if you don't want to call it one of his best movies, is his most iconic movie. Like, this is the kind of movie 
that Kurosawa makes for quite a while. And if you've never seen the original, it is, it's so freaking good. Uh, you know, this is like the exact part Mufune was born to play. He's got a heart, but he's got an edge and he's all attitude and is just ready to fuck someone up at a moment's notice, but he has to have a really good reason. Anyway, that's a big recommendation for this week. Probably a good place to start with Kurosawa, either this or Rashomon, but 1961, Yojimbo. That's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming into 2011 with the Aquabats, off, uh, radio down off of High Five Soup. Aquabats, back when they were still making music for adults. Uh, were they ever? I don't know. I don't know. Not I saw them when I was a teenager, really. so I can't really say. You're always going to feel better if you listen to the Aquabats. So just start hopping around like an idiot. Pick it up. Uh, new releases uh, include this week, uh, The King is Dead by The Decemberists, uh, Ritual by White Lies, Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes by Social Distortion, The Hymn of a Broken Man by Times of Grace, and The Here and Now by The Architects. Firework by Katy Perry is back at number one after a week of slippage, but here it is. And in 2011 news, what are we looking at here? This week in internet history? Um, just go give it a click. I don't know what this is. This is the Honey Badger. Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a jackal. Oh my gosh. Oh, the Honey Badgers are just crazy. This is almost approaching. I will watch that whole thing again. I promise you. <laughs> it, it is approaching a hundred million views on YouTube as of uh, J- January eighteenth. It turns ten years old. Oh um, man, I remember showing that YouTube to my mom, and it was like the greatest day of her life. <laughs> we, we laughed so hard together. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm I was going through my gaming backlog recently as telling Michael this because he works at a company and I was playing Far Cry and I'm like, what year did this come out? This game really went whole hot there are deadly rhinos and there are deadly boars and there are for some reason incredibly deadly honey badgers everywhere. And like what <laughs> oh, it was that year. It was a it was a, like a year or two after this video had taken hold. <laughs> And it's now crystallized in this game from 2013, 2014. One of the deadliest enemies you'll find. You'll see there's a honey badger you fight in the game that you follow a trail of dead rhinoceroses to find him. The honey badger. Um, honey badger don't give a shit. And, uh, yeah, I, I was just like, wow, that, that, was, that was a strong meme. I haven't thought about this in a very long time. And here we are, more honey badgering. Fun and wholesome meme, too. You know, just like... <laughs> Just a fun time. Anytime anyone talks over animals doing things, I am on board. And I, I, yeah, I, I wish I wish he had kept doing this as a whole channel, like uh, Z Frank's true facts about animals. Mm-hmm. It's like a Morgan Freeman voice talking about animals and how stupid they are. Like, yeah, he should have done. Just give him a show, man, where he just watches old, you know, Nat Geo footage and just oh, what is he doing? Oh, that's disgusting. He's eating that snake's head. Wow, the, and there's underneath the YouTube video, you can still get HB. DC Honey Badger Don't Care merch. Wonderful, wonderful. Maybe I don't have a I don't have a lot of clothes relating to YouTube videos. Maybe hmm. I should change that in 2021. Yeah, Charlie bit my finger. Look, it's all over. It's on my it's on my <laughs> wristband. And on 2011 movies, 
So we jump into this. J- 2011 movies, The Music Never Stopped, a movie with James Urbaniak. Dr. Venture. Yeah. Uh, Scott Adsit, Mia Maestro, Tammy Blanchard, Julia Armand, Carrie Seymour, uh, Lou, Lou Taylor Pucci, and Just Kidding Simmons, um, The Music That Never Stopped. What is what is, what yeah. is this about? Or Just Kidding Simmons, uh, mm. After the Gift. Right. Mm-hmm. This is, wow, this ties into so much stuff we've talked about because it's also based on an Oliver Sacks mm-hmm. essay, and Oliver Sacks wrote... Awakenings that we talked about last week. This is about a guy and his son who has uh, some kind of anti-retrograde amnesia or something. So he, he can't remember stuff. But like it's about how music can reach people because it like uses a different part of your brain. So it's about they like can build this relationship connecting through music. And yeah, all the reviews were like, it's fucking great and heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Why have I never heard of this? <laughs> As it's uh, 2011, we, we're now streaming 30 Rock, and that's all we care about right now. True. And yeah, uh, somewhere with with Stephen Dorff, L. Fanning, Benicio del Toro, Shell Monaghan, Chris Pontius. Chris Pontius. What? Sorry, <laughs> didn't expect the jackass to pop up there at the end. <laughs> Chris Pontius. Oh. Uh, well, because it's about how it's it fills you with ennui to be a celebrity sometimes because everyone knows you, but they like don't know you. Is that yeah. what this is? Yeah, it's a Sofia Coppola joint, and that's literally what it's about. Oh, yeah. goodness. It's actually pretty yeah. good, though. All right. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, Stephen Dorff plays a celebrity who's, you know, just a big, dumb kid. You know, he's just super irresponsible, but Elle Fanning is his daughter, and by spending time with her, you know, he, like, grows up, kind of, and, like, starts to take responsibility for himself and his life, and, yeah. I mean, plenty of people are like, oh, I'm so rich and alone, boo fucking hoo. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fair. But if it still has things beyond that to say, instead mm-hmm. of just like pity rich people, they have it hard, then yeah, yeah. I, I admit, again, I didn't get to it. All the reviews are very strong. And we, as we've seen, you know, I've turned around on Sofia Coppola after Godfather 3. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I found it to be, I think it's all shot in and around the Chateau Marmont. Mm. And it's very relaxing to watch because it's like a very quiet film and it is about the relationship between a father and a daughter who don't know each other very well. And it has like a lot of just beautiful things to look at too. Cause you're in a beautiful hotel full of rich people. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good and, and way better than just like boring rich people problems. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wouldn't so that's too cold somewhere. Um, and yeah. To get to somewhere, you need to go the way back. The way back. No, not the Ben Affleck movie. No, not the Jim no. Raj, Nate Faxon, way, way back movie. <laughs> uh, the way back. I, I couldn't believe there's a movie this year with this exact same title. Yeah. The way yeah. back. But this is the Jim Stur- Sturgis, Ed Harris, Colin Farrell jernt from um, right. Oh, what director who like was just thinking Peter like, Weir. Peter Weir. Like, what happened to Peter Weir? Where did he go? Um, this is it. This He's is... retired after this, and okay. the man never made a bad movie. Yeah. I, I am dead serious. The man has never made a bad movie from Pic- Picnic at Hanging Rock, Green Card that we're going to talk about next week, Truman Show, Master the, Commander, Gallipoli. Dead Poets Society, Dead Poets Witness, Society. Mm-hmm. It, Gallipoli. He's never, he literally never made a bad movie. That's wow. It's pretty insane. Great. Yeah. Did he he uh, just accidentally pulled a Tarantino. I made 10 movies and I'm gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like it's it's just weird. This is based on a true story of these guys in World War II, I think are Polish partisans that get sent to the gulag. And then it's about them escaping the gulag and walking like 4,000 miles to get out of the Soviet Union. Jesus. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, could not find it. Didn't have the time. Been distracted. And I feel like a dick. Because I feel like I should just 
I've almost watched every Peter Weir movie now, mm-hmm. so I might as well just just round it out. And yeah, every review is like, you know, it's good. It's a bit of an endurance test, but, you know, the, the human spirit conquers all and it's a hell of a story and it's beautiful to look at. and All the performances are good. And again, why didn't this get much more of a release? It's got a 74 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty freaking good. <sighs> so I'm going to try to find the way back now because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even realize that Peter Weir is one of my favorite filmmakers <laughs> until just now. It, it is included with Prime. So, ah, all right, there you go. There. Um, well, I'll do I'll do it tonight then because I feel bad that I. <laughs> we'll get back to you. I've just abdicated my role this week. Good lord! Except for this one, I I did watch the next movie. Why? Why? <laughs> because oh, it's number one at the box office, and therefore I I have to as a journalist. And she oh. was comparing this to the uh, the Deep Impact Armageddon Comet Wars. The f- Volcano Wars, Mount yeah. St. Helens, Dante's, uh, Dante's Peak, Peak yeah. and then Volcano, where the coast was toast. And <laughs> But then we have the Fuck Buddy movies, warring Fuck Buddy movies. Uh, this is the, the first shot is launched by No Strings Attached, Carrie Elways, Luda, Ludacris, Lake Bell, Greta Gerwig, Kevin Klein, Ashton Kutcher, and Natalie Pertman. Adam. Emma. She's hot. She's my oldest friend. We should use each other for sex. Yeah, I could do that. I really like you. Mm. Don't mess this up. Happy holidays. You can't fight me. You're miniature. Tequila. It's for you. Having sex with you? You did a good job, so I thought you deserved a balloon. Amigos con derecho. We use the Spanish trailer in there. Amigos. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't find any other TV spots except for the Spanish one. That's fantastic. Amigos con derechos. Natalie, what are you doing? This This does seem like something Natalie Portman grew out of. Just did Black Swan. Yeah. Right. Now, you see, I have, I think that this is all part of a premonition, either to end the world or to bring the Elder Gods back or to bring in peace on Earth or something. Because remember, we just have Black Swan, which has Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis. Mm-hmm. Okay, Natalie Portman makes no strings attached. And then in six months, we're going to talk about Mila Kunis in Friends with Benefits. Now, they got it on in Black Swan. And then Mila Kunis is married to Aston Kutcher, who's getting it on with Natalie Portman right now. So I think we have two things left to do. We need to make Aston Kutcher and Justin Timberlake fake fucking a movie. And then Natalie Portman has to marry Justin Timberlake. And then the elder gods will destroy the earth. I I love it. I love it. (laughs) All I wanted was that 70s show reunion, but that's that's a long way to go. Diana just wheeled in a bulletin board with a bunch of red string on it. It's just so weird. It's so weird that they were together in one movie and now they're making dueling movies and one is starring with the other one's future husband. That's just... That's weird. Yeah, this movie looks bad. Anyway. <laughs> it's That's the most interesting thing about this movie. Mm. Well, there's a little bit more. Uh, it was on the blacklist of best unproduced screenplays. Really? I'm not entirely sure why. I mean, it's got some fun dialogue. Uh, and the writer, Elizabeth Merriweather, created New Girl. So if you yeah. like New Girl, maybe you'll like this. And it's directed by Ivan Reitman. That is very strange. Ghostbusters to this. I And I think that's how they got Kevin Klein in here, because he mm. doesn't do a lot. Yeah. He's he's known as Kevin Decline. <laughs> he turns down a lot of work. But he is funny as hell in this. I mean, mostly, like, it's, it really, it is, everyone, everyone's good in it, but, it, like, every scene is getting stolen by either Lake Bell or Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Um, or Kevin Klein. And also, um, 
Mindy Kaling's in it, and so is Guy Branham, yeah. which mm-hmm. I find it uh, very upsetting that Guy Branham has not done more stuff. I absolutely love him so much. This is the mm-hmm. worst of the two fuck buddy movies that come out this year, that's in my opinion. What that's what I have heard. That seems to be the critical consensus. I think the best I can say is it was a lot better than I was expecting. Really? Okay. But, but I mean, it's like it's a lot like with Love and Other Drugs we talked about, where it's my mm-hmm. expectations were so fucking low <laughs> that even the tiniest thing breaking the mold or or skewing the cliche brought me nothing but joy. The fact that oh yeah, they're just they're having this relationship and it's just sex because Natalie Portman doesn't want anything else because it's more complicated and they don't give her some stupid like traumatic post reason all right and it's not that she's like a broken person that's why she doesn't want a relationship it's because she's a fucking medical resident she don't have time for that shit yeah that's good warmed my little heart i appreciate it yeah Uh, i think part of it is that i find ashton kutcher to be charmless like in this role Mm -hmm. i just i i i his particular brand of adult man child i find to be grating and especially hmm. like is aren't i cute i brought you a balloon like oh i'm just a cute guy mm-hmm. <sighs> i don't I, know i was I not into I didn't- it I, I found him less grating than, again, it's my expectations were so low. Because we just talked about Dude, Where's My Car not long ago. <laughs> so I feel like my I expectations mu- I much prefer that rather than look at Ashton Kutcher like an actual human being. I don't, I, I don't understand. What, what's the best movie he ever made? How did he get to be a movie star? What? I don't know. It doesn't make yeah, any he's, sense. He's, you know, he's, he's, I've, I found him more likable than I was expecting in this. Okay. okay. Just like, yeah, it, it's okay. He's a sort of just... Joe Schmoey, every guy kind of quality about him, I guess. And yeah, like there's a couple, a couple laugh out loud moments. I'll give him that. Um, again, I appreciated R rated comedy where they're not like pretending, like I, th- you can make this movie PG 13 and it would be annoying as fuck. No, they get to swear and talk about body parts. So <laughs> you get to see a bunch of butts. I, okay. Thanks for the butt. I was just, I was. 10 years ago, I was too old to watch this movie. Like, what happens when friends try and rely on one another for their sexual <laughs> appetite and things go wrong? I'm like, then things go wrong. And they're still never really that wrong. It's not a huge deal. This also, doesn't need to be a movie. <laughs> and also, welcome to every friend group yeah. that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Like, How is this weird? I don't know. How is this yeah. weird? People hook up. What the fuck is your problem movie? Why does this exist? Yeah. Most yeah. relationships that I know of, including in my own history, have started out that way. So why? I, I don't know. She's it never used. Like she's like, never used an app. Wacky she, idea. She won't use the apps ever. She's got. A, she, <laughs> she's got to know the guy. It's weird. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> took my friends into you know getting in bed with me and then eventually marrying me. It worked out pretty great, if you ask me. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. ridiculous i know but okay so i'll give it i'll give it feminism points for not giving her some sort of shitty reason and treating her like a sh- she's a shitty person for not wanting to be in a real relationship mm-hmm. and the fact that when she does sort of do the like and and you were standing in front of me the whole time thing he he shoots that down of like you're at your sister's wedding which is like a super cliche thing for these kind of movies and now you feel lonely go fuck yourself <laughs> i'm like <gasps> I mean, he doesn't say it that cool, but <laughs> so, like, like 
All right. So this is a movie that knows that there are a lot of cliches that it's walking into and it's trying to avoid some of them. Mm. Like she doesn't just have one wacky best friend. She's got a bunch of wacky best friends. (laughs) She she doesn't have to pick between the salty gal and the gay guy. She can have both. All right. Uh, Yeah. I I need to like rejigger my calibrations and stop walking into these with expecting the absolute worst. So that when I do laugh twice, I'm not like, this is the best movie. Recommend of the week. No strings attached. Yeah. It wins the 30 2010 Oscars. Yes, it swept them all. Yeah. Watchable. Oh, well, that's the highest bar I can set. Watchable. Yay. Mm. Watchable um, but forgettable. I will forget I saw that. (laughs) I was trying to remember. I, I did not make it through the entire movie when I, I I did I think I did see it when it came out and then I went to rewatch it and I couldn't make it all the way through I also found like I don't know I just was like Natalie <laughs> come on come on girl she was, she, yeah, she, you were in closer you were yeah you were in closer yeah. V for Vendetta you're in the professional Leon yeah. the professional <laughs> yeah come act on, like a girl. professional Queen Amidala do, do those things pay the bills? Yeah, no, no, maybe not. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, she. How long did she work to get in shape for Black Swan? You got to be able to do something you can do in like thirty days flat. Just don't even have to like go on location. You're in LA already. Just, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I'll give it to her for that. Then giving right. her a little break. Mm, and and uh, television of 2011 the 15th to the 21st of january saturday night live is hosted by gwyneth paltrow musical guest CeeLo green doing his uh i hate forget you so much i love fuck you <laughs> i love that song um but that's what that's what he is performing um and skins the u.s version debuts on mtv uh, the, what the te- the parents' television council says the producers should be charged with child porn, and a lot of advertisers pull out. I guess that's based on the reputation of the UK one, which is yeah, yeah, is a little silly because like MTV already had a show like this was undressed. It just yes, it, it, I, I never saw Skins, but like uh, so I watched Skins UK and I really really liked it, and then I did not watch Skins US, but I did go back and check out some of the promos and it does look a lot like undressed. I don't see what the big deal is, but this is around the same time that these pearl clutchers are also making a big deal about Gossip Girl because there was so much like drinking and sex in Gossip Girl. Oh, fuck them. So, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> it was a good Tina Belcher impression. A nerd alert. What? <laughs> uh, I've been doing that most of the week. I was like, last week's Last week's show affected me. I don't know if it's just because everything's so bad in the world lately, but I keep saying the Tina Belcher what? what? And I've had the green <laughs> I had the Green Hornet theme stuck in my head. And it's really hard to go to sleep when the Green Hornet theme is in your head. Um I'll I'll I'll, I'll give I, you I'll just blame Mitch McConnell. I'll uh, I'll give you something sure. that'll uh, cause a few more sleepless nights. Um Oh no. The next person we're gonna talk about refuses to acknowledge that they're also the bird lady in Home Alone Two, Piers Morgan. <laughs> Pierce, <laughs> Pierce Morgan tonight airs as a replacement for Larry King Live, and I remember it being of minor controversy because of how much it sucked and the ratings it did not retain. Uh, as well yeah. as well as I was looking through its the Wikipedia page for this game, he's like Pierce also banned Madonna from the show and Kelsey Grammer. I'm like, Kit, that's the most Trumpian move I've seen a talk show host. You know what? 302010 is also banning Madonna from appearing on its show. That's 
It's wow. just not going to happen okay. for her. She's making a stand. Making a stand. I, it'll, it'll, it'll come true when you say it like that, and you'll never be hurt. And Why? <laughs> he... Remember, Pierce Morgan, America doesn't know anything about him just yet, but he is pretty infamous in the UK for being the slimiest type of muckraker, and we would eventually find out was pretty complicit into a lot of wiretapping mm-hmm. and data theft. Oh, you mean hacking people's voicemails? Yeah. Including someone who's missing uh, and deleting voicemails from her phone, making people think that she might still be alive? Yeah. 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 The tr- truly scummy shit in the name of nothing. Uh, that's who Pierce Morgan is, and he's just the worst, except for helping out Kevin McAllister that one time. And, and <laughs> the, he's the absolute worst. I was shocked that this lasted like three uh, three years. It le- goes until 2014. Pierce Morgan is just the worst. What an awful man. Fucking hate him. Uh, Hannah Montana has the finale this week. I'm going to let Sarah talk about that because I don't recognize the meme. Oh yeah, there's the her final scene where she's leaving the house um, <laughs> is kind of a memed final scene these days. Come on, Miley, it's time to say hello to our new home and goodbye to the old one. It's been, I'm sure kids are nostalgic for this show, but it's like I'm really going to miss this house. It's been a wonderful 16 months of number one popularity. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. what, are we all dying or moving down the road? What the fuck is emotional about this? <laughs> it's just this whole scene where she's like leaving the house and then she she walks out and then she comes back and she looks in the window and she just like puts her hand up. <laughs> is that the, what the meme is? And you just uh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you throw like some some 3D Doritos on the other side of the window. And, and <laughs> I have not seen it. Or maybe I didn't recognize it and I will from now on. Hannah Montana is a a teen phenomenon that I totally missed out on. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't a teen at that point. You were very much not a teen. Uh, yeah. It would have been weird. Okay, and, well, calm down. But, <laughs> and is here's a show I thought was still on the air, but apparently it ended 10 years ago. Is this Mithridium? <laughs> it is Mithridium. <laughs> it has a three in its name, Mithridium. Uh, medium with uh, with Oscar winner Patricia Arquette and Miguel Sandoval. Seven seasons. I don't, yeah, yeah. It's don't one know. of those things. that's like it runs probably Friday or Saturday night and doesn't do great in the ratings, but good enough for a spot where a lot of people go out. So a lot of people aren't watching TV. Mostly mm-hmm. older folks. They like their police procedurals with a twist. And maybe this one she uh, she talked to the dead or something. I don't know. <laughs> I get this confused with the Ghost Whisperer. Right. Yeah. That's, that's Jennifer Love Hewitt, though. And Correct. This is Mithridium. Okay. The, the Golden Globes this week. So capping off our week-long star-studded Golden Globes. Sorry. 30-year-long <laughs> Golden Globes star-studded podcast. This is the second time Ricky Gervais hosts. But this is... Oh. Officially, the Golden Globes monologue will become important, whereas it was not until... Ricky Gervais made it important. Yeah. I, I say that as a person I find largely annoying now. He did write one of my favorite shows, and I do like that the monologue to the Golden Globes is important. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know why uh, the Oscars can't find a host if the Golden Globes can always find people to kill in the opening. Why can't mm-hmm. the Oscars? Drama. Best motion picture as declared by the Golden Globes, the social network, and for musical and comedy, the kids are all right. Uh, beating out burlesque in the the tourist? Which one was that? Was it musical <laughs> oh, or comedy? Oh my what? god! <laughs> no, that's the Angelina Jolie Johnny Depp movie. It's yeah. like I don't, they just yeah. assume it was going to be good based based on the stars. I, I guess I don't think it was bothered to watch it. I don't think it was intentionally funny, guys. Like this, it's not a comedy <laughs> nor a musical. 
Oh, Hollywood foreign press. I would say <laughs> the kids are all right. It's not really a comedy or musical either. Yeah. No. And, and none I, of these things are comedies or musicals. <laughs> Red is. I, yeah, I feel like Red. And Alice in Wonderland comedy. just isn't funny. Hi, uh, and and Colin Firth wins for actor for this King's Speech in a drama, and Natalie Protman takes it for Black Swan. Yeah, great. Paul Giamatti wins his first fucking award for Barney's version <laughs> uh, for a com- actor in a comedy. And Annette Benning wins for The Kids Are All Right for musical comedy. Comedies, ladies and gentlemen. And Toy Story 3 wins Best Animated Feature Film, as it should. That is... Yep. Probably the best Toy Story. Uh, That's tough competition, though. Despicable Me, How to Train Your Dragon, The Illusionist, yeah. and Tangled. The Illusionist, oh, really tough competition. That's that. I dragged but, uh, our whole office to The Illusionist, prom- and then like, oh, these guys are not the audience for a slow French cartoon. Why did I do this <laughs> for television? The Golden Globe says. Boardwalk Empire is the best drama, and I have always said Boardwalk Empire is the most expensive and elegant way I've ever been bored. I I appreciate it on some level, but it sucks. It's it sucks so it's, hard. And yeah, it, it's a slow one, and it beat Very out uh, Mad Men, and that's unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, musical or comedy, Glee wins over Thirty Rock, Big Bang Theory, The Big C, Modern Family, Nurse Jackie, The Boosh, Steve Buscemi for Nucky Thompson. Um, yeah, wins Best Actor in a Drama Series, and Katie Segal wins for Sons of Her Sons of Anarchy character. Jim Parsons wins for Big Bang Theory. Laura Luna wins for The Big C uh, in comedy and in a miniseries. Al Pacino racks up his first of many Golden Globes where he will pretty much work <laughs> exclusively in the strip from the headline HBO mini movie from here on out. Um, I just can't believe, I mean, how pissed is David Strathern for losing to Chris Colfer? <laughs> I mean, the only thing that would be less dignified would be losing to Scott Kahn, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Dr- David State. David Strather. David Strather. Well, on the 20th, we have Parks and Rec has its third season premiere, Go Big or Go Home. This is really when Parks and Rec gels because Adam Scott and Rob Lowe are now added as regular cast members. They showed up at the end of season two, but now they're here for real. That was the smartest thing that show ever did. 100%. It's it's weird to yeah. think about. We like, needed more foils for some of these characters. That was that was an attempt to save the show from cancellation. Yeah. Bring in well, a, another character to play off of in a big celebrity, and it fuck it, like it seems like that should have been cynical, but it worked very well. Those characters yeah. are great and beloved by fans yeah. of Parks and Rec. Yeah, mm. and just like so fun, and this also kicks off the Harvest Festival plotline, uh, uh-huh. which goes on for most of this season. Uh, where they're trying to save the parks department. So, yeah, just like this is when I usually like start watching Parks and Rec is around this time because we get Adam Scott and Rob Lowe. Rob and Lowe. I love them both so much. It's about the cones. The cones. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many random ass Adam Scott lines from Parks and Rec that I say, like, I don't know why, but for some reason, the calzone betrayed me <laughs> came up the other day just in my head it had nothing to do. i calzones weren't around betrayal wasn't around <laughs> just started thinking about it and giggling i just i always think about when they're super hungover from snake juice and he's like i ran a 5k she's like really he's like no i threw up in the shower <laughs> that's me <laughs> Video games of 2011. Little Big Planet 2 is out. Sony's adorable make-your-own-level game that I never really... I like it when my game comes pre-made. Uh, Monday Night Combat comes out on PC. Dead Space 2 
is out. A uh, very notable game. We'll talk more about that on patreon.com slash laser time two worlds two, as well as Mind Jack and Mass Effect Two reaches PS3 finally. So you Sony players got your first taste of Mass Effect. With that, the show is about over. You can we do an extended uh, version of the video game discussion with the guys from Video Game Apocalypse and occasionally Chris Baker. Uh, patreon.com slash laser time. No, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at listenerd L E C I N E N E R D or follow the show at 302010 Podcast podcast through 02010 podcast and teasing next week i was really with news stuff a while back i i made a joke that i was so depressed that i had to go watch dancer in the dark to cheer up <laughs> and this week i've done the exact same thing but i'm so depressed i'm going to watch james franco talk to himself for two hours Ooh. I'm rewatching it, bitches, and I think wow. you should too. But The Rock was waiting for him. It had always been here waiting. I don't even understand the reference. I can't wait for next week. We got some, so with that out of the way, births and deaths. Oh, who died? In uh, 2001, we lost Bill Hewitt of Hewlett Packard. He was 87, and poet Gregory Corso, who's 70. In, then in 2011, we lost Susanna York, who's 72. She was an actress. You all probably know her as. Uh, Superman's mom from the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Mm. And we also lost one of my favorite minor celebrities that only people will understand this reference now if you watch like really, really early SNLs with we have Paul Schaefer as Dan Kirshner of Dan Kirshner's rock concert. So Dan Kirshner died in 2011. He was 76. He was a music promoter and he had a show called Dan Kirshner's rock concert <laughs> that would play late at night. And he's like, how does this guy have anything to do with rock? He's like the most boring used car salesman in the universe. <laughs> but then he come out like, and now there's the Rolling Stones and Manfred Mann's Earth Band. And then we'll talk to Led Zeppelin. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I have fond memories as a little, little kid seeing Don Kirshner's rock concert come on when I was up too late. And really good concert footage, yo. So, okay. Yeah. R.I.P. Don Kirshner. He helped uh, create the music for the monkeys. That, if, that's, yeah. if that's an accomplishment. Yeah, he was like, he represented tons and tons of songwriters mm -hmm. and all. It was like super important in all these careers. But he's a behind the scenes guy. So like, mm -hmm. why does he have, why does he have a concert show? Come to my shows, rock like, concert. All these, you know, like great concert footage from just all these shows that you're never going to get to fucking see. But this guy is here and he's going to tell you about the rock concert. Let my charisma and momentum be the wing beneath your wings. Here's Batman. <laughs> Here's <laughs> with that out of the way, we gotta get into bubble -bu -bu birthdays. Who was born? Born. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Okay, good birthday. I want everyone to knock on wood now because if something happens to him, I'm gonna be really upset. Betty White, okay. great guy. Um, anyway, <laughs> turning ninety and still with us. Ooh. Born January 17, 1931 in Arkabuda, Mississippi. Huh. His dad ditched the family to become an actor, and he moved to Michigan at age five and was so traumatized, he basically was mute until high school. Huh. I do not know this story. Andy Griffith. Oh, he's very dead. Bad, he's dead. Oh. I'll say Morgan Freeman, because given his voice, that'd be ironic. Ah. And I can't place his age, but I don't think he's 90. No. Or James Earl Jones. Oh. It is Jeff's old job. What? How the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? You took, you took my formula for dramatic irony and stole the answer. That's unbelievable. I am so good at this. <laughs> yeah, James Earl Jones developed a stutter so bad that he was basically mute for eight 
years, most wow. of his childhood. Uh, yeah. And then a teacher encouraged his writing poetry and used that to start to get him to try oh. speaking. And by the time he got to college, he wanted to be a theater major. Huh. It's fucking inspiring. That's yeah. very inspiring. Pointy yep. birds, pointy birds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, anyway, you want to hear some more crazy shit about him? Yes. Yeah, you don't yeah. know a lot of it. Uh, so he did study theater in college, then was called up during the Korean War because he was an ROTC, commissioned a second lieutenant, passed ranger school, and then trained soldiers in cold weather fighting in the Rockies. Wow. Now, can you imagine getting yelled at by James Earl Jones? Whoa! Holy shit. When you are a raw recruit and they're going to send you to Korea. You are a liar and a traitor to the American army. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine going to see Star Wars and being like, God, that sounds so, that sounds so familiar. Like, also, I will point out is the time the army had just desegregated. So getting yelled at by a black guy was a new experience for a lot of people. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, after the war, he moved to New York City. He worked as a janitor trying to, you know, find acting jobs. And by the mid-60s, early 70s, he was known as one of the best Shakespearean actors of his generation. Wow. Hmm. Which, not what we associate him with anymore, but right? he still will do Shakespeare. I saw a thing that he, in 2013, I think, he did a, he did Much Ado About Nothing with Vanessa Redgrave, and I'm dying to see that. I, I would like to see him do it, but as long as he's dressed like his character from Coming to America. Do whatever, <laughs> do whatever Shakespeare you'd like. Uh, uh. Also, he has an EGOT. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, two Emmys, one Grammy, three Tonys, and an honorary Oscar, plus Kennedy Center honor and the National Medal of Arts. And the movies of his we have talked about are fucking bananas. Alan Quartermain in the Lost City of Gold, Gardens of Stone, <laughs> Matawan, Three Fugitives, Gang Related, Primary Colors, Fantasia 2000, The Benchwarmers, Click, Scary Movie 4, Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. Hunt for Red October, Field of Dreams, Soul Man, and Coming to America. Wow. And uh, Happy 90th birthday, James Earl Jones. 90th, for real. And uh, Great White I, Hope, It's a if you've never that, seen that movie. That is, I wanted to put it into mm -hmm. Classic Corner, but I didn't want to spoil the thing. Great White Hope. Great White Hope. Is, if you've never seen young James Earl Jones and, yes. and the power that he has, fucking watch Great, Great White Hope. It's uh, it, it, Not Great White Hype. That's also good. <laughs> A Merlou Broham. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's about it for the show. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Tell a friend about the show. We're going to close out uh, with a little, is this Bleeding Love from Leon? Well, I'm hmm. going to give you guys a choice. So we have Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis from No Strings Attached because he makes her a period mix, and that's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Or uh, we can be Antifa jerks and go out with All You Fascists Bound to Lose. Be Antifa <laughs> jerks. All You Fascists Are Bound to Lose. I love that song. Because here's the thing. I think... Even in this divisive time, this is a sentiment everyone can get behind. Like 99.5% of people think, yeah, fascists are bound to lose. We just can't agree on who the fascists are anymore. But I generally think if you have people on your side that are saying we should have mass arrests or rounding people up, you should reconsider what side you're on. That's Sarah Pick because she won. Yeah, that sounds the, good. All yeah. you fascists bound to lose. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, how about Renaissance Revival Chorus? They've, they've got a pretty sweet version of it, and I support them, and they're great. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. Ha everyone stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the show. I don't know why I decided to close the show again. Oh, you've got